0: Guardian UNLIMITED David Miliband, Secretary of State. Um, You're there on day two of your trip to Nairobi for the UN Climate Change Talks. Can you tell us what you've been doing since yesterday?
1: Yeah, the uh, conference itself is gearing up. Ministers are arriving from many countries, and we've had the first meeting of the so-called Friends of the President who met uh, this lunchtime. But... Uh, I think the most striking part of the day was a visit I undertook this morning. Uh, I said yesterday it was important to see rural Kenya. Well, this morning I went to the largest slum in Nairobi, uh, the so-called Kabira slum. It's uh, about between half a million and a million people living in an area between one and two square kilometers. So absolutely overwhelming uh, overcrowding and lack of uh, infrastructure. And I think that uh, it really um, brought home to me the uh, challenge of migration uh, within uh, African countries as well as uh, across the globe, but more important, it showed how development issues and climate change issues are going to have to fit together, because that community desperately needs infrastructure. I walked around a ward of 70,000 people where there are only 110 toilets, according to the United Nations, and 50 bathrooms. Uh, It's an area, therefore, that needs massive investment in infrastructure, it needs energy, uh, it needs economic development, and that needs to be done in a way that's consistent with low-carbon development. So, massive issues raised by that, and I'm pleased that just now at a meeting of the uh, International Energy Agency, called a sort of fringe meeting, um, I was able to reflect on some of those economic and social questions, as well as the environmental ones that confront us.
0: What were the suggestions that you put forward on that me- at that meeting?
1: was for people who were out from around the world with some representatives of the International Energy Agency and the World Bank, uh, some key things to come out of it were as follows. First, energy efficiency is the cheapest way of saving money and protecting the environment. About a third of the reductions in carbon dioxide emissions that we need can come from energy efficiency. Secondly, it's absolutely vital that we pursue on a a, a public investment basis, but also critically a private investment basis, uh, renewable energy sources. They may be solar, an obvious issue in a country like Africa, in a a continent like Africa. Uh, But they can also be new technologies like carbon capture and storage, which takes the carbon emissions from coal-fired power emissions and buries them uh, underground or under sea, which has been shown to be environmentally safe and critically reduces carbon emissions. So uh, the debate is continuing. I've left the Fringe meeting to uh, podcast with you and I'm on my way to a meeting with youth groups from around the world to talk to them about their aims for the uh, convention, which formally starts tomorrow morning. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, you talked about carbon emissions just there. David Cameron has today pledged to cut carbon dioxide emissions by at least 60% by 2050, with annual targets and reports to to the Commons. Would you support these plans? And um, I believe they include um, the... um, the setting up of a commission of 12 independent experts to monitor the scheme. Is that something that you'd support?
1: Well, I think it's important that politicians don't just slug each other off on these uh, issues. As it happens, the 60% reduction by 2050 is the government's uh, target. So I'm delighted that David Cameron is supporting that. I think that in the climate change bill that we've promised will come as soon as possible, as parliamentary time allows, Um, we said that it's important, first, to have that target enshrined in legislation uh, so that business and individuals know the path we're on. Second, that we do have a carbon committee that uh, monitors the impact across sectors and across time. Third, we look at what measures are necessary to hit targets, because, of course, targets are no use if they don't have measures to to hit them. And fourth, we said we're committed to clear and transparent reporting arrangements uh, two. I don't think that binding annual targets are necessary, and it's very unclear from what Mr Cameron said whether he does support that or not. A couple of weeks ago he said he thought there needs to be annual binding uh, targets. That's something that the international community has said is not sensible. But I, I think it's important that politicians of all stripes uh, think uh, laterally and hard about this, and we need to uh, approach it in a mature way.
0: So, to be clear then, you wouldn't support binding annual targets with reports to the Commons?
1: No, the government has already legislated for um, annual reporting on our progress, but we think that binding annual targets are silly, really, because if the weather is bad in one year, it doesn't make sense to change all your policies the next year. What you need to know is that over the medium term, you are on track to reduce your carbon emissions, and you don't just have to take my word for it. I think it's very significant that the international community signed the first international convention on this in Kyoto in 1997, they, they didn't think that annual binding targets were sensible. Annual reporting is perfectly sensible, and we've already got that. That's already enshrined in legislation. And the government will bring forward in its climate change bill, the final proposals from our point of view, we don't think that binding annual reduction targets make sense. Excellent.
0: And can you tell us what you're going to be doing this afternoon, what meetings you've got, and what um, meetings you've got tomorrow?
1: Yeah, the um, preparations for the full opening of the convention are going to be going on today. I'm meeting uh, 100 young people who've been drawn from around the world uh, from here, and then I have meetings with the European Union colleagues, because obviously the environment doesn't respect national uh, borders. Climate change doesn't respect national borders. And Britain is much, much stronger for being part of a European Union delegation representing 450 million people. So we'll be finalizing our negotiating positions tonight. And tomorrow there's the formal opening of the uh, conference. Kofi Annan, the General Secretary of the United Nations, is going to be uh, speaking. And I've been saying that there are really three or four tests for this conference, and I don't know whether or not they're going to be met. The first test is around adapting, helping African countries, especially, adapt to climate change now. The second test is around the transfer of technology, above all by the private sector and its investments uh, over the next 20 years. And thirdly, and critically, we've got to inject momentum into the worldwide drive to get all countries uh, into a global emissions reduction plan. And so those are tests that the conference faces. I'll obviously be arguing for them in the formal presentation that I make tomorrow. And we'll have to see if we're able to make progress.
0: And finally, at this stage, are you optimistic or pessimistic of reaching those three key tests at this summit?
1: That's the hardest question I've been asked, and I'm not able to uh, to answer it really yet. I, I think it's genuinely uncertain as to whether or not the world community is going to be able to come together, put aside its um, short-term interests, and meet the challenges. I don't know when I do this podcast on Friday whether I'll be saying it's a successful conference or an unsuccessful conference. I think that there are still big challenges ahead. Uh, I'm pleased that the UK is in a very forward position on all three issues. We're clear about the need for adaptation to be taken seriously and to be taken forward, especially in Africa. We're clear need a long-term price of carbon to drive clean development and we're clear thirdly about the need for long-term frameworks that involve all countries so we're in a forward position and i genuinely don't know yet whether we're going to be able to get the rest of the international community into the same position and we'll we'll be able to have an an update tomorrow and a final um, decision or a final judgment on friday
0: guardian unlimited